Welcome to Lean Stuff. Today, we are very excited to have a very special guest on the podcast. We have Francis with Jami Coffee. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Francis. Oh, thank you. How did you get into Kenyan coffee? Yes, I was born in coffee, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer. So, a good... yeah, technically, like in Kenya, if you're in Kenya, you can't miss coffee. So coffee is always a part of you. Getting into the trade of coffee, I had to travel. That means I had to come to the U.S. Yeah. to get into the trade of coffee because as as Kenyans, we do not like, uh, I won't say we don't like, but I would say we are very removed from coffee. Mm-hmm. So we, we feel like, and I like to use this word very carefully, but we call it like a slave coffee, <laughs> slave mm. coffee, because we grow it and then it goes out. We end up di- drinking Nescafe. We don't even drink Kenyan coffee. So what got me into coffee was coming here and actually meeting Paul. Because we're family. Yeah, because we are family. We are cousins. <laughs> After talking to Paul, that's when I realized, hey, this crop, we can be able to turn it around. It can be something that can benefit the people. The first conversation we had was at Coffee Cottage mm-hmm. in yeah. Newburgh. Paul had to teach me and explain to me what specialty coffee was mm. and how it was regarded here in the U.S., how need to think about it because for me, and I, we never wanted it. I yeah. wanted to, to trade in coffee. So what was your first, you could either go for your first cup of coffee or your first cup of specialty coffee or Kenyan specialty coffee or <laughs> do you remember what that moment was? And every story starts with a Starbucks. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Because wonderful. there was, um, My at story that time, starts with Starbucks too. Yeah, I trained as a, when I was training as a pilot, there was this lady who was giving me flight lessons and she gave me a, a Starbucks gift card. Oh. And I didn't know what that was. That I thought it was a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept it in my room and Maya came and I was like, I was given this thing by a lady. It's this Starbucks. I don't know what it is for. So that's when Maya took me to Starbucks with my card. Yes. Yeah. And bought me coffee. Oh. Yeah. So it was a really sweet coffee. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after that, I started knowing. She was like, I mentioned that we have coffee in Kenya. Hey, we have coffee in Kenya. We are proud. And then that's like, oh, you need to meet Paul. Oh. Yeah, he has better coffee than than the Starbucks coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and that's that's when I started knowing about specialty coffee. And you just come back from Kenya where you've been talking to farmers and you've been looking at, you have had an incredible journey from those days you just talked about then to, to come to Kenya. What's the difference now? Coffee culture is changing. We still, Kenya still drinks very small amounts of its own coffee. So we export 97%. Wow. We consume 3%. And that's an increase from 2%. Wow. And, and the coffee that you are consuming in Kenya, is it like you're keeping some good stuff or is it lower quality than what you're exporting? Or Unfortunately to say, it's the lower quality. With the Kenyans, they are seeing it as a lifestyle. So if you have a coffee, you are in a different group mm-hmm. than people who don't drink coffee, but they don't know what they are drinking. You took some Guatemala back uh, to Kenya, yes. and they had a word for that. What's the word for Guatemala coffee? <laughs> they call them grinders. Is that a good word or a bad word? It's not a good word. Low quality <laughs> coffee. Low quality. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. were back in Kenya on Sunday. You were traveling with, with the company that you started, yes. Jami. Why did you create the company and, and what is your hopes for it? The reason why I created that company is because I saw there's a disconnect. In the 80s, Kenya produced 130,000 tons. Now, last year, we are losing almost 100,000 and people don't want to do it. Yeah, People don't want to do it because 
the farmer feels like he's being taken advantage of. People here might view coffee as a crop. For us, we view it like a life thing. Coffee is number five in Kenya for foreign foreign trade. So number five. Wow. So And it used to be number two. What so is number one right now? Sending money back home. That's yeah. the number one yeah. uh, dollar, the foreign exchange earner. And you can be able to see the impact of poverty it has. Even people who are not directly affected by coffee, uh, who directly who don't directly work in coffee, they're being affected by coffee. Do you ever, I, I think it was like, I listened to one of the SCA podcasts and they mm. talked about generations of coffee and going from, you know, like a father passing his farm down to his children and less and less children wanting to take over that farm. Is that something you see in Kenya as well? For Jamie coffee, that's what we do. Um, yeah. Actually, we call our approach a soil to cup approach. So we want to go all the way down and talk to the farmers. The reason why the youth don't want to get into coffee is because it doesn't make money. You can see your father going through a process that made him poor and you get into that process. You, right. you know, you, you either must be either lack of a better word, stupid, <laughs> or you don't think ahead. Right. So the, the, the youth are looking for other things. And if coffee is well managed, we can be able to get the youth back into coffee. One, one of my farmers actually in Jemu, uh, Simon Yaga, he has given his sons to, uh, he has divided his land to, to his sons. Mm. And since we were able to buy from him, he's telling his sons, there's an opportunity here. There's money in coffee. We're trying to do numbers. Mm. And when we do the numbers, and if those numbers don't make sense, I'll be the first one to tell the farmer to cut off his coffee bushes. Uh, I'd rather be out of business. I'd rather go back to my day job, but, uh, but not to impoverish a whole community mm. because of, of, um, of people not understanding it until when people yeah. start understanding what really coffee means. So. You touched on something, and I we read it on your website last <coughs> night as okay. well. But you said uh, soil to cup. Yes, and I and and I read a line from your website that said, "If we can't touch the farm, we won't touch the coffee." Why is that important to you? You wouldn't believe it. I started this process in two thousand and eight. Wow. I, yeah, when I met your father, hmm. and we talked about coffee. So I was like, hey, I can get you Kenyan coffee. So I thought, you know, I'm Kenyan, it's easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it was the hardest thing ever, mm -hmm. getting genuine people to, to trade in coffee. And, and I had set a goal for myself. I have to talk to the farmer. Mm -hmm. And if I can't talk to the farmer, then because I know them by names, then <coughs> I won't get the coffee. Because I want to communicate directly with the farmer so that I know what's happening. Mm -hmm. And that's when I came up with the slogan, yeah, yeah I've... If we can't touch the farmer, uh, we can't touch the coffee. From 2008, I had our first shipment in 2018, so mm -hmm. 10 years. What do you think it made, makes that so challenging? One of the things I realized is that Kenyans themselves, they do not get beyond the border. When you get to Kenya, you are restricted to talk to the farmer. Hmm. Like, I can't send you to Kenya right now. You're going to go there. Uh, you're going to meet somebody in Nairobi. And then that person is going to choose who you're going to talk to. Mm. You know, as an outsider, it's easier. Hmm. But as a Kenyan, I know these guys by names. Yeah. <laughs> so why would I need somebody to take me to a specific person? I like sharing the story about the Njemu coffee, where I talked to Simon Nyaga, the owner of Njemu Farm. And then I had to work it backwards. So I had to engineer our, our sourcing system. Wow. In such a way that I go first to the farmer, uh -huh. and then I come to the 
to the person who is selling their coffee, their coffee on their behalf. So after I talked to him and we agreed on pricing, I called, I emailed uh, the people and then they were like, uh, how big are you? That was the first question because I told them I want Njemu Farm coffee. And actually it was a lady from Belgium. Wow. So I, I was angry. Number yeah. one, I'm angry because you're not even Kenyan. Mm, and right. you're asking me questions it's already about my own land. One step away from Kenya. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I was I sent her back an email. It was a very nice email. I just said, according to the SEA, I'm considered small. Uh you don't need to know how who I am, how big I am, because I am Kenyan. And yeah. that's at that moment, she was like, I don't have the coffee. So now I started working with another guy. One of the things he said was when you do things like this, you take the commission away from us. Mm. I say, yeah. I said, man, I'm sorry, but for me, I was happy <laughs> because it's one person off the supply chain and yeah. more money for the farmer. Jimu Coffee, when you talk to Simon, sounds like you got to build some trust, some integrity there. When did they suddenly see the light, saying, "I like doing coffee with Francis"? I must say, social capital. That's how my business is built in Kenya because the guys who I work with are people who have been in the industry. Let me back up a little bit to, to talk about my team. I built this team in a very funny way uh, <laughs> because uh, I never met them until this year. I got so frustrated, I gave my cousin a PowerPoint presentation of my vision yeah. and what I believe. And I told him, go find these people for me. So he knew a guy called Sami. And Sami dealt with agriculture, helping agricultural communities grow. So Sami is kind of, we call him a business modeling guy. So Sami was working with Paul. Well, his name is Paul Wangombe. <laughs> Not <laughs> this Paul. King yeah. in New Zealand, it's a good name. Yes. <laughs> so Paul has worked with so many uh, cooperatives in Kenya to mm. help them through sustainability, fair trade and all that stuff and giving them advice. He's an agronomist as well. Hmm. So he helps them build sustainable businesses as well as agronomy. So Sami brings in Paul and I'm still not satisfied. Hmm. I need a Q grader. He came to another cousin of mine wanting to fix electricity. <laughs> yeah, because my cousin does electricity contract work. So he wanted stuff put in on his house and that's and then he, you know, in conversation, what do you do? And oh, I do, I do coffee and this is what I do with my coffee. And, and then he called my other cousin and said, I found the guy. <laughs> I found a coffee guy. He went and they spent a whole night talking about coffee. Wow. And that's when I knew I'm ready to get coffee. So having these guys, they have a lot of social capital. Ernest, mm. uh, my, uh, the Q grader is called Ernest. Ernest has worked with the farmers and he helps them cup their coffees to give them advice. Mm. So he's been doing that for a long time right. for these individual farmers. And then I have Paul, who has a lot of networks with the cooperatives. I I found so many farmers that need that opening. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's like we cannot even exhaust them at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we are hoping to be able to connect them with, with roasters. Yeah. So we are trying to find a... A system. Mm. I'm calling it adopt a farmer. So you adopt that farmer for a long term. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what happens. When I told Mr. Njemu I'm going to buy his coffee, and, I, and then I called him back and I told him, I'm going to be buying your coffee year after year. He's, first of all, changed his whole processing system. He's doing the sorting system for like the red cherry. He <laughs> took the initiative to be able to, to do all that by himself just because yeah. you gave him hope. And yeah. do you find that that kind of thing happens uh, quite often? Once you're able to get that relationship with the farmer, 
they're really excited to work with you kind of a thing. Yes. Jamu Farm was my test. I even told him, you're going to be my test subject. Yeah. <laughs> to see if I give you hope. Right. What would happen? Mm. I don't want to take away from, I'm sure there's some really hard moments, time, mm. mm-hmm. years. Yes. What would be one or two of, of the things that if someone's thinking, I like to go home, I like to meet my cousin, yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to tell them, hey, send this off to these people, yeah. to the people that you know. I'm thinking, what what's perhaps one or two hard things they may come across, whether it's Kenya, whether it's Ethiopia, whether it's Brazil, what would may it be that, they, that you've experienced? Mm-hmm. It's going to be different things, I'm sure, for others, but what would it be that, that they sh- you should be prepared for sleepless nights, you should be prepared for no <laughs> yeah. money? I mean, what, what would it be? Uh, when I was looking for the right people, that's I thought that was the hardest thing. It's like you're looking for a particular sand on yeah. the beach. I want it to look like this, and then I have to find it. And I, so to say, I kissed a lot of frogs along the way. <laughs> <laughs> because I meet people, and you think they're going to be the one. Yeah. And then you talk to them, you know, hours and hours. You talk to them, and then you're like, you don't align. Mm, my vision, so sad. that you go back to ground zero. So mm. from 2008, wall after wall, mm. yeah. and then 2016, December 2015 is when my friend called me, and he called me, he was drunk, but he wanted to brag mm. about a great cup of coffee he's drinking from a farmer. So I was like, I'm going to be on the plane in August. That's what I told Maya. I'm going to Kenya in August. And then I go to, in, to Kenya, and then it's a brick wall again. When you come up against something difficult or something hard, what is it that that keeps you driving forward? When I realized even today that's my goal, mm. is to know that we can eliminate poverty with coffee. And on the opposite side of it, I'm thinking, what are you looking forward to now? What, it's changed, obviously. Yes. Like, that's what I'm picking up here. Mm-hmm. And in the next one, three, five years... What will be some things you go, wow, I would have never thought that. You, you won't know what you've never thought would happen. but Yeah, I guess what, what things are you looking forward to or, or looking forward to with hope for in the next you know, foreseeable future with Kenyan coffee? Diversifying our product. Yeah. Uh, we are talking about, everybody talks about a washed Kenyan. Mm-hmm. Where is a natural Kenyan? Where is a honey processed Kenyan? Mm-hmm. The other thing is we are working very hard, even right now. And the trip that I took is to be able to figure out about cost of production because it's, it's different in every country. Mm-hmm. And we want to figure out how can we help farmers be able to make better business decisions from, from the soil all the way to the green coffee. How much does it cost you? Mm-hmm. After we figure that out, what is the best price? Every decision in Kenya and in coffee you can say, is, is emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people don't know. Nobody, even right now, I think that's when the SEA is trying to figure out why is a coffee, why, is, why do we have a crisis? Mm. It's because nobody has ever taken some time to look at that stuff. And because every country is specific, nobody is taking that op- uh, time to be able to say, in Kenya, this mm. is why the price is going to be like this. How do you help uh, people have healthcare, better healthcare? Automation. We need to automate. Uh, Kenya, we still have paper. <laughs> so you bring your coffee, I write a paper for you, you go home with it. Yeah. You need to automate it better. The other thing that we are thinking a lot is about a lab. 
Mm. Yeah, in, in um, Kenya? Yes, in Kenya. Yeah. And the reason why is for the farmers to start understanding coffee. What quality of coffee do they bring? Because yeah. in Kenya, when, you, when your coffee is graded and capped, mm. you're told it's grade three, grade four. Wow. What the heck is that? You're not even told the flavors. One being low, four being high. Okay, wow. So if you're told, oh, your cup is grade three. Now you got to figure out what that means. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah how four, does right? it? And then it has to be sold on a point system. Interesting. So, so that affects the price of what you can sell it at in Kenya? If they told it's a yes. grade two. Yeah, if you're told it's a grade two, then you say, okay, I didn't have a very good coffee. Mm, but they're not telling you the cup quality. What did you cup in there? Because right. it might not be the bright acidity of Kenyans. Mm-hmm. But it might be a really good coffee too. It has might have great flavors. Right. So that is what we are thinking about. We've been talking about this great coffee. Yes. But I want the people to know where can they we were talking about just before the podcast, where can people find and buy and support this great coffee that's coming from Kenya? So currently I think the only people who have our coffee is Garia Coffee. Mm-hmm. And I think uh Bespoken. Uh, they are the ones who in the Portland area do have our coffee. Uh, we have, we still have some bags available for purchase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If somebody wants to stock them, we yeah. still do have that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we are hoping to, to be able to get our message out more. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is to, to be able to say we are different. Mm. We are doing these things mm. differently. Where is a good place for people to find out more about what you're up to and stay up to date with kind of where where you are and what you're doing? I do posts on uh, Instagram at yeah. Jamie Coffee and also can get into our website. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to be posting more. You're not focused on just, like you said, a good cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. There is there is a good cup of coffee, but yeah. that's the result of a farmer having mm-hmm. the structure yes. and building a, a system of support that can sustain what he has, sustain the relationship and yeah. sustain yeah. it. That, that's, I think that's really, I think the work that you're doing is really awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We are so honored to have you as a part of our, our, our podcast and on, and just sharing about the amazing work that you're doing. It is truly, I mean, there's just so much, you, you guys are really not, you're not just on the surface level. You, like you said, you're touching the farmer, you're getting right to the root of it and really affecting lives in, in wonderful ways. I wanted to point out something before I yeah. forget. This is something amazing and cool I found in mm-hmm. Kenya. You know, people talk about women empowerment. There's this cooperative that mm-hmm. started this really cool thing about women. They told the husbands to give a section of their coffee, of their coffee plants to the women. The women started producing better coffee. The men felt, you know, challenged. Yeah. They had to up their game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Ultimately, the production and quality levels in that, that cooperative went mm. up. Wow. And the other thing is that the women were able to get the money they were getting. They are now using it for other social things. Yeah. So they started um, doing a posho meal. A posho meal is like a somewhere you can be able to go and get, you take your corn there and then it's ground and then it comes out as, mm. as cornmeal. So they are doing that. Wow. And now they have their own coffee label. And the men still don't have it. Wow. So that's, yeah. I was, and So uh, now are the men going to now give, of the thousand plants, they're going to give 800 to the woman, keep 200 for themselves. Oh, they're still jealous of that. <laughs> <laughs> they still want to be the alphas. <laughs> but the women are doing a better job than them. And, that's awesome. And that's one of the coffees for sure we're going to be bringing in. 
Yeah. I felt so proud of it. I was like, man, this thing is true. People just talk about it. But mm. when you see the evidence of it, mm, it's amazing. It's, wow. it's just amazing. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you. 